0: The Fujicast is an independent Loading Zone production. Wednesday 1st of April. The
1: Fujicast.
0: Hello, Kev. Hello, Neil. It's not April 1st. It's not... Well, in in terms of April 4th, rather. It is April 1st, but not April 4th. This is... There's nothing in the least... We didn't do any tricks this morning on us. It just did not seem appropriate. Usually, we, you know fill up the teapot with cold water or something like that you know every year no not the cold water trick again but we didn't do any of that this year did you get involved in april Four? <laughs> i don't think i ever have to be honest with you no have you never done april 4? It's never really
1: been a thing for
0: us oh no, no we, we always we always do something not this year we we decided um to uh have a moratorium on on silly jokes on each other um just 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 for, just for this year back back with full of full vengeance uh, next year so yeah. um, I had a couple of... Um, I'm, I feel like I've been your personal secretary overnight. People asking me, what was that television programme that Kev was talking about? Raoul, in <laughs> particular, said, was, was it very interesting. It was The Detectorists, wasn't it, in the end? The Detectorists. Yeah, it's Ace. Have you watched Brilliant. it I, I, I all? I looked it up, actually, very quickly, and it features um, uh, the chap that was in the office. What's his name? Oh, I can't think of his <laughs> name. Uh, Mackenzie Crook. Mackenzie Crook. Oh,
1: Do you know what? Just before we came on, Gemma said... Uh, you know that guy that asked the other day about the things that you find annoying about each other? Yeah. And and I, I said yeah. She said I'm going to come on and I'm going to say what I find annoying about the pair of you is you can never damn remember a friggin' thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like two old men in a in a in an old person's home trying to remember eighty years ago. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Just doing
0: the podcast. All right,
2: I'm just going to shops.
0: All right. See you later. is that, Kev? it is Kev yeah Ask if he needs anything from the shop. Kev, do you need anything from the shop? Uh, no. Gemma's just got me my beer. Thanks. Gemma's just got the beer. <laughs> but, oh, don't sorry, forget to I'm wash right your hands right. when you get back. Don't forget to wash your hands All right. yeah see you later. okay it's normal it's normal life you see kev this isn't it hey i need to i need to have a light outside this door that says recording in pro in progress <laughs> should i edit that bit out or just leave that in i'll leave, uh, it, in. leave it in leave yeah. it in it's life um yeah but Gemma is right actually because we are like that <laughs> we what? kind of fuel well, what was it what was the question again <laughs> <laughs> we fuel each other with that it's like, it's like alas smith and jones do you remember the two boys uh, they sat opposite each other on that that desk and talked to each other and and gradually saw they they kind of forgot as they were going along the things that they were talking about do you remember that show no you
1: don't yeah yeah i do remember that show yeah griffreys jones and um
0: mel smith <laughs> Yeah, didn't one of them died, didn't they? Not Griffey's Mel, Jones. I think yeah, mm-hmm. Griffith mm-hmm. Jones died, is yeah. still still alive, yeah. Right, should we uh, should we delve into the questions here? Go for it. Um hi Neil, Kev, aka The Boys, long-time listener, first-time caller. Started my swim into the Fuji waters. This is very poetic this one. When the XT100 hit the streets, then procured the XT3 upon its release you ever procured a camera kev uh procured <laughs> well bought what? yeah it's just a posh way of saying bought uh, uh, i thought it was like ham isn't that like procured ham <laughs> no that's cured uh. Uh, upon its release which has sort of solidified me as a fuji shooter that being said it was i was really intrigued by several panasonic sonic and olympus cameras seems like the primary comparison is always between full frame versus apsc but M forty three seems to re- rarely form part of the conversation. I follow several people like Micro Four Nerds <laughs> and James Popsis on That's YouTube. Micro Four, Micro Four Nerds, Four I, love nerds. I love that. I'm gonna have to look that one up. Who are? Who are <laughs> I, I know James's work. I quite like James on on YouTube. He's very self. Um, what's what's the word? Deprecated. What's the word I'm trying to think of? De- Depreciating? De- de- depreci- no, that's when, you, that's when you lose your value. Um, let's just give ourselves a... Because you know what I'm trying to say. Anyway, he's very funny, James. pops Finally, my question. Have either of you had experience with a micro four-third ecosystem? And how would you feel about the technology as a suitable kit for photography? Well, James uses it, and obviously the micro four nerds guys do. But what do you think? Have you ever used uh, one of those uh, micro four I nerds cameras? I don't think I have. There's um, some Dave, think, Dave, Dave Eskridge, by the way. Thank you, Dave.
1: I think some of the older, like Fujifilm X, what's they call it? The X10 or the X20 or something. They yeah. they brought out lines of little point and shoot things. I think they were one inch sensors rather than four thirds. But um, no, not really. I, the, the thing that I've all, I mean you know there are some great photographers shooting with like the olympus system yeah. and everything which is micro four thirds um but i think generally it always comes down to prints doesn't it you know the print sizes and what you can get out of them yeah. and of course you know the depth of field issue that the people who complain about the difference in APSC and, and full frame and yeah, yeah so no uh, i'd never really have and um uh, but i do know people that do use it and do use it very well
0: that bokeh thing you know the- Okay, thing that people talk about. I had a question actually on my YouTube channel from somebody yesterday. It was going to, I think, was thinking about changing systems, but it was based entirely upon my answer to the following. Will I will I get the, will the 35 uh, 1.4 uh, deliver a similar kind of look to my Canon 50mm L Series 1.2? And I just simply said no, because <laughs> it won't. It, nah. it won't look the same at all and i, I didn't believe that was the reason why you should choose a camera to be honest but um,
1: be near a kind of f2 type um, depth of field yeah. 2.2 or something like yeah. that yeah even the 56 1.2 is kind of the equivalent of 1.8 in full frame depth of field yeah kind of look and feel um light gathering obviously it's the same but um yeah no one
0: mark simmons howdy boys as many of us are now self-quarantined here in the states i was killing a bit of time by getting sucked into youtube here's an interesting guy this is something i would suggest everybody i've watched this movie i watched it this morning when i when i first um started reading through some questions we were going to have today on the show brian shul have you ever heard of brian shul there's no reason why you would have done unless you've seen this film
1: well, oh no um, i did used to play uh, rugby with a, an american
0: guy called brian Schull. i'm not sure it's the same brian Schull. s-c-h-u-l-l-s-c-h-u-l close nah, yeah. Definitely um, anyway this person. this brian Schull flew the sr-71 spy plane blackbird to most people who also happens to be a photographer and he gave me a link to the youtube video can i can we put this on we'll put this youtube um link yeah. on uh, on the show notes yeah. it's brilliant he does the funniest speech ever um, and a link to to the gallery, and I wasn't sure whether he was suggesting, but he'd probably be quite an interesting guest, wouldn't he? A, pho- mm. a photographer that flew a spy plane.
1: Yeah, the Brian Shaw I knew was a dustbin man. Uh- <laughs>
0: very good one but definitely didn't fly spy planes (laughs) definitely not that that one you've you've been on a a a few sort of interest but am i right in thinking that you've been on a and i know you don't like flying but you've been on a few sort of real real bone shakers in when not that the sr 71 was but you've been on a few real bone shakers since being a an ambassador for fuji haven't you because you've you've Mm. you've flown a lot more places
1: oh yeah yeah i've had some real hairy flights but i think there's some of you know when you have hairy flights then you know it's just it becomes the norm doesn't it i remember once when i first uh well, this is a bit of a long story i don't know if we've got time for it but ready, I'll, I'll, I'll cut it really short hang on a
0: minute long story warning warning <laughs> <laughs>
1: um when i split up with my first wife my my one of my good friends your mick pra- who wife. was a pilot yep. uh had a license for a little uh flying little airplanes and i'm I'm racing through this story No, so no, no, said, don't Come race, on, no, no, take your
0: time uh, take your time uh,
1: I'll take you. No, because it's really long. I'll take you up in my little aeroplane. Right. I said, "Okay, fine." So we, uh, he pit, and I was, I was terrible at flying in those days. He took me over to Biggin Hill. We got out and uh, we went to check in because obviously you kind of rent a plane. And the guy behind the counter said. um Oh, you haven't flown for a while, have you, um, uh, Mr. Mick? We'll just call him Mr. Mick. Um, he went, no, 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 not for a little while. Uh, at that point, I was like, um, should we just go to the pub? And, uh, and so they said, right, because you, ha- you want to take a passenger up, you have to go and do – you have to take off and land four times with an instructor first just to make sure everything's all right. Uh, so I sat there and watched him take off and land four times, quivering. And, um, uh, and he passed. And so we got, we got into this airplane. We pushed it onto the runway. Uh, he pulled out his big... Hang on a minute. You you pushed the aeroplane onto the runway? Yeah, it was only a little thing. It was like a wheelbarrow with wings. Oh, word. Okay. And uh, we pushed it onto the thing, and then he pulled out the, all these um, post-it notes and started sticking them <laughs> on the windows. And it, it was like, uh, step one, press this. Step two, press that. And I was like, uh, Mick, you, you do know what you're <laughs> doing, right? And uh, he was like, uh, yeah, 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 this is this is the, the logbook. Not the logbook, the checklist. It's like, right, okay. So, as we were, we were hairing up the runway, I said, Uh, Mick, should this window be open? Uh, he said, Oh, no, no, no shut the window. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god, up, up we went, took <laughs> so up over the M25 or whatever. We got, we must have got, I don't know, about 600 feet up or whatever. And Biggin Hill were like, Um, uh, flight number, blah blah blah, yeah. clear to leave Biggin Hill airspace. And I went, I don't, I think we should go back. <laughs> I think we should go back did you not go any further the, yeah about two minutes later mick went back on the radio he said uh big and ill this is flight such and such um requesting rejoin requesting rejoin and because we'd only just taken off they thought we were in trouble and they were like do you need that do you need emergency is it an emergency no we he just got like, kev yeah no i just got an idiot on board oh. uh so we landed and then we went to the pub <laughs> well, That that's was
0: far fun. more fun
1: for you me. not thought about taking flying up then um i no. did think about it actually you know what because Kemble and stuff and they do these uh you know 1500 quid teaches you how to fly an airplane or something and then i decided actually i would just punch myself in the face repeatedly (laughs) it'd be a lot cheaper much more comfortable
0: uh i think you'd enjoy it my my hair is i I know i've not it wasn't quite the same experience but i remember being on heli on a well what you might call a an upside down hover mower for the first time with a pilot when i was working in the b with the uh who flew the Royal Navy Sharks, which is like the helicopter equi- equivalent of the uh, uh, Red Arrows. And uh, I remember being in this display, and, and I looked across, and I was really nervous. I was thinking, what Because it, it's a very bizarre feeling, a helicopter for the first time. And he, mm. he hovered it right in the air, um, a couple of thousand feet up, we're at how, however far we were up, just about to start the display. And I said, what are you doing? He said, well, in a second, I'm going to dump this lever and we're just going to fall uh, under no power, really. I said, you can't turn an engine off in a helicopter. He said, yeah, you can. He said, it's called auto-rotation, and we'll drop pretty quickly. And I said, all right, give me an idea of how quick this drop is going to be. He said, imagine you're sitting on a piano, two or 3,000 feet in the air, however far, however far we were, and he said, and it's being held up by a big crane, and somebody snips the wires on that big crane. I said, yeah. He said, that's exactly what it's going to feel like and he wasn't and, wrong oh my oh. god i would never i i that would just did your head not hit the roof no because i was strapped in so oh Lord. it's a it's a very quick drop i promise you that
1: anyway well, well no I'm, I'm all right with flying now but i don't i i, I would draw the line as a helicopter
0: yeah. i think yeah. one from adam belcher uh, dear neil and kev i've emailed before love the show very grateful for these extra shows you've been doing recently now working from home and only venturing out once a week for the food hunt my question's about printing i used to print my own work uh, recently with the, the epson r2 2880 or how you 2880 or whatever you, However you're supposed to say the name, printer and inks and a range of almost mortgage priced papers. My mm. family used to think I was mad coming home with a box of 25 sheets, A3, 50 quid a pop. I was happy until my printer started splatting ink randomly all over the paper and was left with a defunct printer and supplies came to realise after using an online lab and getting prints back, particularly on Fujifilm's own super-gloss polyester-based Fujiflex papers, that the quality is superb, especially when you ensure your computer is correctly colour-profiled. Do you guys print your own work, or do you use online labs? Uh, I think I know that Kevin uses an online lab. Do You, you, you use an online I know, because... Yeah. You, 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 did, you did have a printer, though, for a while, didn't
1: you? I what did. I had special? a Canon PIXMA... Uh, I think it's just called Canon PIXMA Expensive. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was uh, actually the prints. The, when, when I did run prints out of it, they were very nice, but yeah, yeah really expensive. The ink was really expensive, and it's a it, I'm sure it's all a. I'm sure it's a scam because the inks just dry up. You you know you kind of you have a full tank. Yeah. You go you go and brew a coffee, then you come back, and all the all the ink's gone. It's like it's some kind of special wizardry going on there. You know, like if once it goes back onto us, just disappear, run out of the room. Yeah. And yeah. then it makes you buy more, and it's really
0: expensive. Yeah. So I agree with him. Um, R- Rivki Riv- 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 Kee- lock- yeah. Uh Lockyer. <laughs> Let's start again. Riv- <laughs> oh my God! What, what is the- Does this get any better R- over the next R- R- couple R- of locks R- months? No, it please, does- no, no, no. No, no. Oh, I'm so, no. I'm so sorry. <laughs> rivki locker uh right hi kev hi neil uh first thanks for the wonderful podcast i listen to on my daily photo nature walks which is uh which is all some people can do now of course not go that even some areas that you can't even do that now mm. um you guys well i think she means you hilarious and informative Thank you for keeping me entertained. On to my question. I'm an experienced photographer. I shot Canon for about 30 years, starting with film, then moving to DSLR, and then transitioned to Fujifilm a few years ago. Recently decided to go back to basics, dust off the old analogue film gear. I had my late father's Nikomatic 35mm SLR gathering dust in the closet. I sent that in for a good cleaning and also ordered a Minolta body on eBay. While I'm waiting for those to arrive, I was wondering if you have any experience shooting films or any tips uh, to offer on the process. I'm not looking to do my own developing at this point, but any feedback on the gear or the shooting process? Well, I tell you what, Rivke, you've been in this longer than we have. Uh, um, so that's what I was thinking. I've, I've got limited experience. The um, I used a. Um, hang on a minute. I used a Nikon. F5 for. for <laughs> <laughs> that's going to tickle me now. Uh, F5 for, for many years. A good old Nikon. F5, and. Um, i thought that was great i loved it i was like it's like a, i mean it is like carrying a brick around <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't want to be hit with one of those but i love the process of that um but i don't miss shooting film no uh
1: oh, i've never really done it i have i actually have about seven or eight film cameras that i've collected over the years all, all that work and i've run a few little cases of uh, canisters of film through them um and i've always sent them off to be processed and they've always come back really rubbish <laughs>
0: <laughs> a, and, and then Stanley Opperman, just finally today. Uh, hi, Neil and Kev, new arrival to the Fuji Cast podcast. I've been happily working my way through the episodes on the start. Uh, working professionally for four years, mainly event and conference fo- uh, photographing. Um, he had a question. He heard the Keith Bernstein interview, saw the website to say it would be his film, his dream uh, job in, in filming. So my question is, can you offer any advice or insight on how to work in in the in the film stills photographic industry? Mm. Um, I, I personally can't because I've never worked in it, but you you spent some time with, with him, didn't you? Because you shared a stage with dear Keith.
1: I did. We both had our red shoes. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah and actually i don't know whether that was something we ever discussed how he got into it i think i mean remember he was a photojournalist of some caliber mm. way before he became a film stills photographer yeah, yeah. uh so i'm guessing there was some kind of overlap there but uh, perhaps some kind of press uh, contacts or something really don't know but I, I would imagine it's the same as anything you know you've got to bang on the doors you've got to you know get in touch with the people who do and who are willing to to talk to you about it um you know, maybe, I don't know, where wherever uh, wherever you live, I mean, we, partly because of where we live, we we actually have a lot of filming go, goes on around here. Right. Um, and, you know, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, you know, whether that's if you have kind of local uh, films being made or TV shows or whatever, you know, be, go up and just say hey you know how do how do you get into this okay can i take some pictures or you know do you know somebody here who can help me and you know i don't know
0: one thing you could try to just leapt into my mind actually a friend of mine is um, is a, uh, a low budget movie maker has made all sorts of made some quite good horror low low budget horror movies actually i'm not quite sure that kev would want to go and spend time on a on a low budget horror movie with this chap but But um, if you approach the small-budget filmmakers, Mm. then they may not have money to pay you, um, but if you want to get some portfolio stuff going, I'm sure they'd be delighted for you to be doing some set photography, and that will be a really, really good way. Uh, to build your portfolio, because um, I have been on, on a couple of uh, Andys. That's, that's my mate's um, sets when he's been um, uh, making some of these uh, films and some quite funny films as well. He made one called uh, Kill Keith, which was a, a movie all about Keith Chegwin, the, the late, the great, the very funny. Seems to have come great true. Great Keith. No, no. Sorry, 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 although Keith Chegwin would probably have howled with laughter, you saying no, that that is the sort of guy that would. But I, I remember being on a couple of sets and there were some um, still Now I think about it, some stills photographers... And uh, I don't believe, I don't think that they were being paid. I think they were there because they wanted to uh, build the portfolios. So that might be the
1: I'm way sure there's a website, I'm sure, but I will have no idea where, so you'll have to do your own digging for this. But I'm sure there's a website where independent movie makers put out calls for um, crew, cast, um, yeah, catering, probably, yeah. all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and often it's, you know, very cheap or free or for experience. So that might be worth, worth searching for. Um, I've no idea what it would be called but but it definitely
0: exists and it's uh, you know it's like a casting call if you mm-hmm. like for independent small independent movie makers one thing that Keith did say from that interview I do remember this is that working mirrorless was a distinct advantage wasn't it so there mm-hmm. we are that, that's something you can say working mirrorless no noise from me no clicks no although I do love the word blimp Blimp. Blimp, which is what they put the camp They used to put the cameras in, wasn't it? It's was like a big mm. box around your camera, so you yeah, can like hear a, it. <laughs> it must big rubber a, bag. Most <laughs> impossible thing to work with. Right. Um. Today's interview. Today, um, we're going to learn a little bit about what it's like to work at the uh, the sharp end of uh, photojournalism, um, with um, the Sun newspaper. I know the Sun newspaper is not everybody's favorite publication. Um. However. I think it's a fascinating insight into to working uh, with one of the country's uh, biggest dailies. This is Brad Wakefield. You've been a pro for how long now? Well, I was, I
2: was trying to figure this out. I spoke to my mum this morning about it, because she used to drive me to jobs for the local paper, and I used to shoot the jobs at the local paper on film. So you didn't have a I was 18. driving license. Yeah, I didn't get my driving license till I was <laughs> the, the the latter end of 18. So, so mum was so, your fixer. <laughs> yeah. So I think that I've been so I wouldn't but I hate the term pro. Like I just yeah. I'm a photographer. I don't yeah. I really
0: okay so how long have you been drawing some sort of money for how long has money been exchanged okay
2: that's what you are at 15 years 15 wow yeah okay. which is a long time and i think that but doing it full full time mm. is 13 years
0: now we're, we're going to dance around a little bit with, with with regards to talking about your time with the press and weddings um let's talk about your not so humble beginnings in photography did, did you study at college
2: i'll go right back to the beginning i was academically not great at school okay i wasn't badly behaved i just struggled academically Um, But I loved art, and I wanted to stay on a Sick form. Mm. So my drama teacher was kind of like my mentor. We had like a mentor. She said, well, why didn't you do photography? And I was like, well, all right, I'll give it a go. So that's kind of how my photography kind of started. The art department... Did
0: did you not uh, photograph at that time at all? No, I
2: wasn't bothered about it. A complete... No, yeah. absolutely not. Like, I just like. don't know what an
0: aperture was or
2: anything? No, I just loved. I really liked Jackson Pollock okay. as, a, as an artist. And yeah. I just thought I'd be the next Jackson Pollock in yeah. Cheddar in Somerset. <laughs> but um, yeah, my uh, the whole art department really are responsible for me being here as a photographer. My photography teacher was amazing. Both my art teachers were amazing. And they really inspired me and sort of showed me that you can have a career and a life as a creative. And then obviously, I went started doing a little bit of the local paper. I worked in Jessup's, and that's kind of how photography began for me, really. So, the local paper then l- l-
0: led to the agency, Southwest News Service. So, it must have been something before that, surely. It doesn't, doesn't that seems quite a leap.
2: It was. I was local paper um, doing the odd job, mm. the very odd job. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of where it began. And then I went, I worked in a camera shop, but I was always out taking pictures. And then I just approached Southwest News for some work experience. Yeah. And then a couple of weeks later, I was just, right place right time they had a trainee job going
0: so obviously during that five years you were uh, uh, y- you were still sort of building a portfolio and-, and you were probably getting better opportunities to work on bigger stories
2: yeah definitely during during like from the start of my career and agency to the end you improve as a photographer you start getting trusted with better jobs mm more often than not those better jobs or the jobs that need a bit more to them your name starts rising up through the pitch desks a bit more and then that all of a sudden when an opportunity a- appears you're perhaps a little bit closer to the top than others so that without you know the um the regional photographer for the sun's good friend of mine he just kindly put me in contact with the right people really yeah. um and then i went up to manchester for a year and then d- then after that year went down into london yeah
0: so uh, so so the sun so you joined the sun um, of course life would change immeasurably at that moment, wouldn't it? Because you were a staffer, weren't you? Were you a
2: staffer? No, so the staff photographers, I think Arthur Edwards is the only remaining staff photographer. So even, even we're going back sun. a
0: few years, so so there were no staff positions even then?
2: I do fondly look back at my kind of handshake into the sun. It's I, you know, I, I got said, you know, you need to pop up to London. Yeah. You better come and see the one of the deputy editors. So I went and bought a new jumper got on the train. Like as you do. You know, you wanna you wanna look immaculate. With well, your new jumper. Yeah, with my new jumper. Everybody yeah. says, right, you need to take a camera. Yeah. Take a camera with you because you're not a photographer with that camera and yeah. they might send you out on a job. Which I have heard that that had happened where people a breaking news story would happen and be like, Well, you've got your kit, off you go. So I went up there. It was in.
0: With your new jumper and your camera?
2: New jumper. And my camera's in a billingham bag. I've always had billingham bags, but I put everything in it because I think, well, I better have two cameras. I better have everything with it. And it weighed a ton. But it, you looked the part. Uh, yeah, I looked awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, re- I didn't look awesome. But I went I went and met the, uh, the deputy editor. And, and honestly, Neil, I was in there less than five minutes. Oh, right. I went in there. Hi, mate. Yeah, good to meet you. Okay, cool. Um, You've been to Manchester before? Yep, yeah, great. When are you moving up there? I was like, uh, all right, let me know when you're there and I'll catch up with you then and I honest to God that was the conversation so
0: he, you moved to Manchester because of this kind of
2: and, odd I, passing conversation and by the way I'd never been to Manchester right in your life no oh <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was not. You, you would. I would have been a fool, wouldn't I? I would have been a fool. You yeah. know. It, so yeah, that was it. And it was so a,
0: I, I never went to the Manchester office. I, I only saw the London office okay. of the Sun. But I, I mean, the aura of the moment you walked in. I just remember this big sign saying, "You are now entering Sun Country." Was was it similar the, the way that, that Manchester worked?
2: No, I mean obviously for people listening, they can't see where we are now, but it was a similar setup. Right. It was it was part of a big office block in Manchester, but the space that was for the paper and for their reporters was was no. More than this really oh really because it was a regional kind of corner yeah. you know and, and my understanding was that it was there mainly because of a lot of football mm. a lot of football up there mm. and a lot of you know coronation streets and stuff like that and it was and you know it was a way of from my limited understanding just being a little bit just having somewhere else that was a, a but, base really. but of
0: course just down the road was a bit of a no-go zone for for anybody involved with the sun
2: yeah absolutely absolutely was and it was um you know i was still went to liverpool for mm. jobs and i still they'd still cover stories there but i also didn't go around you know i was respectful enough to not go around and start saying you wouldn't flout the fact that you were. No, absolutely not that. i mean people have got their have got their opinions on that for their own reasons and i massively respect that yeah. and i respected it enough that i really to be honest with you know i rarely got given jobs in liverpool yeah. and when i did go there i went to aintree a couple of times did chester races and yeah. stuff like that and it was never an issue for
0: what, me. What was being a sun shooter like? And you know, it always seemed to me that everybody involved in the paper was uh, was was part of some sort of fast moving, almost cliche style. Hold the front page style of style of business. Because the sun was very energetic, wasn't it? It
2: was quite an experience being at a paper that were so enthusiastic about the paper being a hit every day. But the jobs that I did massively varied. You know, there'd be there'd be times where I'll be waiting for somebody to walk out of the door or there'll be times when I'll be with a celebrity and in a candid state as well, not just papping them walking down the street, which I think a lot of people think is what I did when I worked for the Sun newspaper, which i understand but there'd be a lot of opportunities that i'd just be all of a sudden be in a room with somebody that i've seen on the tv for the last 20 years and yeah. we're just chatting as a door opener it was a, it was a huge opportunity wasn't it 100 percent, yeah it really was and it, it um you know i spent a week on a submarine with the british navy underwater underwater for a that week that
0: seems a ridiculous question but just yeah. wanted
2: to yeah no, no 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 that's understandable because i guess i could have just been it could have <laughs> been in dock couldn't yeah. it yeah um but yeah absolutely for a week and that that's an opportunity that even people in the, the forces don't get. Those opportunities and the, the foreign travel, um, albeit it was always on a, a last-minute kind of way and you'd never know when you mm. were coming home, those opportunities were amazing. And I think that's a side of the, understandably, people perhaps wouldn't expect to, to see or know that you did. And, kind of and
0: some of the work was quite hard work. I mean, you showed me your portfolio and then the repatriations at Wood Bassett, for example. Now, that's not an easy story to to photograph and you're a human being as well and 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 you you described one particular moment to me when uh, when the the hearse had passed by and the mother uh, cried out that she just wanted her son back did they take an emotional toll on you as well
2: there are there definitely a moment there are a few moments covering the repatriations in in what basic where i'd really have a lump in my throat yeah because i'm a human being and if somebody's upset it's hard not to be upset yeah. but In terms of taking the pictures, I just have to blank out and just make sure I got it in focus and was doing what I was there to do. Um, Is it
0: sometimes difficult to to raise a camera to your eye at those moments when somebody spots you using it? Even though you've got a job to do and an agenda and you want to tell the story as empathetically as you can, not everybody sees a press photographer in the same light.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I tell you, when you catch somebody's eye when you're doing that, people might appreciate this when they photograph a wedding or their wedding's a happy occasion there's it's filled with emotion Mm. catching the eye of somebody when they're crying and kind of in looking probably one of the most looking as vulnerable as they do is is quite difficult as a photographer to kind of push past that and continue to take a a picture and i still find it awkward now i think that um every now and again you just get caught off guard and you're like oh it's a bit awkward, isn't it? Well,
0: I've interviewed a fair few press photographers who probably vowed they'd never photograph a wedding, but then ended up being very, very good at it. Yeah. Where, where do you sit in that debate?
2: Yeah, I think that it's... Um, I'm definitely the first to say that I looked down on wedding photography. And I think that if you if you spoke to a broad range of working press photographers now, it would be very interesting to see what they thought of wedding photography. Um, but I think a wedding's a big news event. It's just a news event that you're covering. Um, and I think that that's the way I look at that's it It's an really. interesting
0: way to look at it it's a news event it's
2: an, it's a news yeah. event with a a feature. Do you say that to your clients? Yes, yeah, some of them don't quite get it right um I don't play too hard on my newspaper background. Yeah. Um, and I think that when if, if you're not if you don't follow the news, you perhaps don't understand what I mean when I say a news event. Mm. Um, but it's a news event with a feature shoot in the middle, and the feature shoots the pictures of the bride and groom. Mm. And that's the way I look at it. And, and you're very,
0: um, uh, you are. Your style is photojournalistic, obviously. Say with minimal staging. These are your words. So you work unobtrusively, naturally. But but it's interesting, even with your news background, that you don't really purport to be a purist photojournalist at weddings. Do you th- do you think that that's a good thing? Do you think if you're a purist, it makes? And we've talked about. Like this I've talked about this with Kevin many, many times. Does it make it harder to get, to get clients now?
2: I think that people want great pictures from their wedding. And I think that I've got the responsibility as a photographer, if they hire me, to deliver a great set of pictures. I think that I do have a purist approach, but I'm not afraid to talk or get involved to get the best pictures. I'm not going to start going up to somebody and saying, you need to cry. Yeah. I was always told when I worked for a press agency that it's your responsibility to get the picture. Yeah. Whether that's collecting an image from somebody else, or whether that's making the picture work—is it moving somebody to the side? Is it doing this? Is it doing that? So, would you move people? Yeah, hundred yeah. yeah. percent. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, at least you're honest.
2: Yeah, no. I've got like you know, I'm not, I'm not. I'm, I'm messing. smiling a bit
0: because I know you paid somebody twenty quid to jump in the mud at Glastonbury.
2: But you know that that's that's. <laughs> but you know it worked. People might frown upon stuff like that. Yeah. My opinion is that if you're frowning upon stuff like that you've never done it yeah you've never had to work as a photographer i think it's very easy to go oh you know you shouldn't do that but i tell you what getting to midday before the newspaper newspapers go into conference getting phone calls saying yeah. that you need pictures is stressful
0: mm. wedding work it's become more and more competitive in, in the time that you've been doing it how, Have how have you seen it change it's really competitive isn't mm. it
2: but i shot my first wedding in 2000 and. 10. So in a decade, I know it's changed imma- So I only shot one wedding then. Okay. So it's gone up light and then I shot a couple and then right. well, it's But it's changed immeasurably in, in a decade Massively. I'd, I'd say
0: it's a, an entirely different industry to where it was ten
2: years ago. It is. I think we are it's really difficult to answer questions like this without sounding a bit moany and a bit long in the tooth, isn't on, it? It's, um, it's yeah. <laughs> I still feel like I'm at the bottom and I've got a lot to learn and I'm not trying to be deliberately modest I think that's the truth and I feel like we're flooded with a lot of people that you might be able to take a one hit wonder. Yeah. And we can all take one hit wonders, but there's a lot more to it, and you'll know that from your experience. It's dealing with people on that are being difficult with you. It's dealing when it's raining outside. How are you gonna overcome the camera failure at the wedding? A, a, you,
0: and actually and actually sometimes having images that a client doesn't like.
2: Yeah, how, yeah, exactly. And that happens. Yeah. That's a thing. And I think but a lot of people don't wanna say that. You know, like it's I, I'm I asked you and Kevin a question a couple of weeks ago about criticism and it's about how people, you know, criticism's a real big part of what we do. I talk to my wife about my pictures. She'll tell me if she doesn't like them, but I think that's important. <laughs> yeah. And I, f- I find that hard to deal with sometimes.
0: I've always thought you have to have a USP. Um, you've got various USPs. Obviously, you're not the only um, press photographer that's now a wedding photographer, but it's a, but it's a, a good selling point. And also, your drone work looks very, very good. And obviously, you've done something that I think a lot of other drone operators who, prior to having to have the, the correct licence, just gave up when, when it came along. Mm. So the drone is drone work quite important to you? Is, is it part of your unique selling proposition?
2: Drone work is you need the bride and groom to be 100% on board with that. And at that point, I'm not a documentary wedding photographer. No, I don't have a problem with that. Well,
0: suddenly you've suddenly got to set up an exclusion zone for the takeoff.
2: Yeah, and then you've got to convince somebody to lie <laughs> yeah. down in their £2,000 wedding dress. But its um, I think that the drone work's fun and I think I probably get three or four couples a year that will just on board and yeah, they'll yeah. want to do it. And I get so not people that it's not too
0: No, it's fine. I mean, I think that it's... Um, but sometimes I think having that work online... Uh, means that people are drawn to your work and they don't, they don't even employ you for that but they're drawn to you it's through that point, it's a talking it? point isn't it yeah it's a talking that's point. why usps are important
2: yeah but i think that it's um yeah i think it, the is just so subjective isn't it i mean we're all out there just trying to dangle a fishing rod to try and just <laughs> tap into somebody in some way and just hope they can see what you see and and kind of love what you love and and kind of trust you
0: what's the proudest uh, moment you've ever had what's the what's the what's the picture this is very difficult to answer what what's that picture it, it, not necessarily a wedding could be a press and PR picture
2: that picture we think do you know I nailed that that pretty much explains me I don't know if it explains me well it might do thinking about it a bit deeper I showed you a picture of Lady Gaga that I took at Glastonbury it's the only picture that I've ever taken in my career that I don't know how I could improve it interesting like, I mean you're welcome to have a look at it and please do give study me a it cr- more now. please do it's, um, that shadow's not right there I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it's the um, it's vibrant and colourful Which I think that I like to portray in my wedding work I think yeah. that if you look at my wedding work It'll look vibrant and colourful I love clean backgrounds It's well composed It's the only picture I think I've taken That I don't know how I could improve
0: my thanks to Brad Wakefield for his time. And in case you're thinking, that's a bit strange, they definitely were not two metres apart, and um, that's because that interview was recorded um, in the studio face-to-face about seven days before the the lockdown happened so uh yeah it was the last time i think somebody sat in this studio i think i think you came in a couple of days later to record a couple of episodes and then that was it we were locked down
1: mm. so. do you remember the days do you remember those days when we used to see each other and <laughs> yeah. s- s- have a nice coffee and uh, no you know occasionally we'd be nice to each other remember each other's names <laughs> things like that yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> and of course, those days. Were are you? Am um, I? Are you still still a still a plant based eater, or have you have you relented in eating a bit of? I'm
1: no, just I'm still if... still doing my bit. Although yeah. I have had a little bit of cheese on some stuff. Have you? Um, oh. But just because you know, it's the. the Cupboard has been getting a bit bearer as, as time goes by.
0: But certainly, um, I tell you what, it's certainly less bearable. But
1: no, so today, for example, Rosa and Alby bless them, they are doing a restaurant day for us. So they're cooking us a three course meal tonight. They're going oh, wow. to, <laughs> me and me and Gemma are going to dress up and go to the restaurants in our kitchen, and they're going to be the, the um uh, the the chefs and the waiters. <laughs> Ah. and um rose made a bread and butter pudding because i love that that's my favorite thing so i will have a bit of butter in the uh, bread and butter pudding yeah. and um we're having a curry i'm gonna have a veg- uh, mushroom curry and jem is gonna have a um some other probably more tasty curry
0: See, it's, uh, e- e- eating out in very lardy yeah. dar. very lardy da. yeah absolutely yeah and then uh, i expect What's we'll end up having to do the washing up because <laughs> <laughs> you haven't paid your bill yeah um, we, we had, a, you, you pointed out, an interesting little email that came in from uh, Chartable. Um, mm. uh, we're doing quite well in the charts now, aren't we? Eh? In the hit parade. In the hit parade. Highest, yeah. posi- highest position, 29. Whoa, yeah. look at that.
1: And that well yeah but that's in the global chartable charts which is I noticed the other day we were number 2 in the arts charts in the UK and apple charts You're which is kidding. great number 2 oh. but those apple charts are very um, fluid they move up and down yeah. but I'm really pre- pleased on this one I'm looking on the chartable charts because we are we are ahead of
0: serial killers no <laughs> way, <Wait>, are we <laughs> <laughs> ah oh yeah. well. Well, that's all (laughs) down to you. Thank you very much for, for listening. And do, by the way, please keep sending your questions in click at fujicast.co.uk i'm very aware now that we have a lot more people that don't necessarily shoot fujifilm so your stories about your photographic lives as well uh, will be will be great questions of course that we can try and dig into and of course keep sending the fuji questions in because kev's still here with his mountain of knowledge about about fuji kit Um, but um, but please keep sending those in because we haven't said it for a long time you are the lifeblood of the show uh, when, when you do that kind of thing, uh,
1: try and only use words with less than th- uh, four syllables. Syllables, <laughs> <Cipollals. Cipollals>. please.
0: <laughs> Easy for <you> to say. <laughs> oh dear. Right, um, I- I'm going to go away and try and edit this, or just think. Let's leave all the mistakes in. That might. Yeah. Be, that might be more fun.
1: See, yeah, do it. See you later, Kev. Sa-da. Bye. Nikon. Nikon. <laughs>
0: The FujiCast is an independent Loading Zone production. Email the show with your questions and words of wisdom to click at fujicast.co.uk. Email any complaints and political nonsense to our wives who will deal with your comments in their own good time
1: and in their own good way.